perfect. Perfect, just perfect. Um, there, there really wasn't a way for them to do it better than that. Hey, y'all, uh, it's Marshall. Welcome to Blurred Life with my wife. I am one of your hosts, Marshall, here with my lovely Courtney. Hey, babe. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. This week, we've uh, jumped forward in time a little bit since the last time that, uh, a little bit. that we spoke. But we do have a lot to talk about, as y'all heard in the beginning, man. The Last of Us is here. And this episode is called Mind Y'all because there was so much hearsay and gobbledygook about the inclusion of these story beats within the last of us show adaptation of the game but um before we get into that how you doing babe i'm doing good i have no complaints it's still the first month of the new year i feel like january always like it always lasts forever yeah you're always like okay well it's been january for excuse me for five months so um but yeah i'm good i feel like i'm ready to attack the new year and i'm glad we're starting off right with blurred life with my wife yeah back to where it all began Mm -hmm. and um you know trying to trying to trying to be a little bit more consistent and the first step of that is recording one episode I feel like saying that now is the kiss of death. The kiss of death. Because we kept saying it all last year and it was like, yeah, that's going to be a no. We're just we're just one of those dope podcasts that drops an episode like once every four months. And that'll be our reverse kiss of death, because if we drop another episode before another four months, then we're doing better. You know, I like your logic. Thank you. Makes perfect sense to me. Science. So. Y'all, um, a lot to talk about today. We're not we're not sure we're gonna get to everything because it's been months. Yeah. But we're definitely gonna start with a big fat spoiler alert for episode one, the premiere of HBO's The Last of Us, uh, based on the Vigia game uh produced by Naughty Dog Studio um under PlayStation Studios. And if you didn't know, I had a very high opinion on the show. But let's start with you, Courtney, because mm-hmm. you were kind of our girlfriend reviews before girlfriend reviews came out. Like you would watch me play right. this game um, the way that I did and just entrenched in the story. How do you think, you know, what's what's your overall thoughts? Like, because most people know if they listen to this podcast that The Last of Us is very highly regarded for me. Mm-hmm. And my gaming pantheon of awesomeness. Um, top two game of all time for me. And hearing that this show was coming and being produced and HBO picked it up, I was like, oh, man. But how do, how do you feel? I mean, so are we just getting into it? What do you mean? What, do you, what are you asking me? Like you, your overall feelings about the IP uh, the show coming on and, and what you were expecting. Okay. I mean, so my feelings prior to watching the show, cause I'm going to guess we're really going to get into that when we're talking about it. So I think you're asking me like how I felt about it coming out. 
Um, I mean, I was excited. I've always liked watching you play the game. I liked watching you play the second one. Uh, that one was just a little bit too much for me. I was like, damn, there's a whole bunch of shit going on here. And it's like nonstop. And my nervous system can't take it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the first one, I mean, it was a great game. Um, you know, dare I say a perfect game. I've always been into, you know, the whole kind of zombie apocalypse trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, those tend to be you know, my favorite types of movies or shows because yeah. I was really into The Walking Dead for yeah. a long time. Um, and this was a good spin on that, uh, the game in particular. So when they were saying that they were coming out with the show, I was like, okay, um, I would be excited to see where they go with that. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I don't know how they're going to do it, especially after the second game. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to deviate and you know they're going to stay true to this to the games both of them you know for however many seasons it takes to get through those storylines and then branch off into different quote-unquote characters um i guess reminiscent of game of thrones but Mm -hmm. not really right um and then when I heard who the cast was going to be, I was really excited to see that um, just because we had some heavy hit- heavy hitters who, uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, are no strangers to HBO. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, I feel like I didn't have any misgivings or negative feelings about the show coming out. Um, just largely, I felt kind of excited absolutely um i trembled with excitement at the announcement and i followed the production very closely once they announced the cast bella ramsey as ellie and pedro pascal mr moneybags as joel man's been working man's been working he's in charge of two of the well, not in charge, but he's the main star on two of the biggest properties on television right now. Okay. That being The Mandalorian from Disney Plus and mm-hmm. The Last of Us from HBO. And I knew that this was a good role for him. Uh, I knew that he could do Joel. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into the show, y'all. Spoiler alert, if you have not seen episode one of The Last of Us on HBO, or if you've never played the game and you're just trying to you know, uh, be introduced to this IP for the first time. This is not the place um, to be hmm. right now. Skip forward. We'll have some timestamps, and um, you know, we'll we'll do it that way. If you want to come back in on something that um, we covered that you see, okay. Beginning with, um, yeah. So they open. They open just like the game now there there's not in my mind a more perfect adaptation of a property right now for me i mean that's really i mean i don't want to say that's ambitious to say it is it is just the first episode and that's what i'm saying right now right now you know right now because the way that they were able to capture the beginning of that game and 
at first, if you remember, the game disarms you a little bit because you start the game and you're playing Joel's daughter, Sarah. Okay, you're talking about when you get introduced to Joel. You're not talking about when they're talking about infectious diseases and stuff like that because that's how the show started. You're right. You're right. And I was about to say, I don't remember that. In the okay. Game. Okay. So let, 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 let me, let me back up the, the truck a little bit. Talk about that introductory scene, babe, because that wasn't in the game and you're right. And they're already doing a fair amount of extra world building just in this monologue from the, I, I mean, I love John Hanna as an actor and I really mm-hmm. liked seeing him there, but talk to us about this scene because this is really, this is brand new for all of us. I mean, I, liked it i did see a lot of people well not a lot of people i saw in particular a popular tweet where someone was saying that was to them almost one of the more um creepy Mm -hmm. scenes Mm -hmm. because just like the conversation about you know the conversation in talking about pandemics and um infectious diseases and what we should be worried about and then the character that John Hanna was playing just basically saying like, yeah, no, I'm not worried about any of that. If anything, I'd be worried about, you know, like fungus. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And then he just goes into like how, you know, they really could basically destroy the human race. He's like, yeah, I mean, right now we're good, but let's say, you know, we have some sort of event where like the world gets hotter. Cause he's like, oh yeah, for, animals or living beings that have a body temp that's over like i don't know what he said like 96 degrees 98 something degrees, like something that he's like, yeah. like yeah they can't really do anything but if the world got hotter and then the fungus had to evolve to be able to survive in just the environment of the world well then there you go and it's like oh shit this was let's say if this was the real world this was filmed in the 1970s and like we're skipping to now because i think that's what they said in there they skipped to 2023 well first first it and, was 20 2003 and then 2023 and then 2023 the okay right. so but anyways we're skipping to 2003 and we were definitely in the midst of global warming um and it's just like okay that makes sense unsettling know? unsettling as fuck i mean this this scene was really genius in the sense that as I as I back the truck up and really think about that scene, back the truck up. What where, where is this? Because I was from? I was too far ahead. Okay, I had to I had to come back. No, I'm just saying it's the second excited. time you said it, so I'm like, it's been four months. The people the people need new stuff. I don't know. Okay, I, know. I was gonna say I've never heard that. Uh, well, saying it, before. it's it's from football. It's from oh, okay. like when a when a player plays really well, and Trump. now it's time for them to get a a new contract. You need to back up the Brinks truck and uh, pay okay. them people. Okay, but I'm using an analogy for time right now. But either way, God damn it. Um, Sorry. Yeah, this this scene was perfect in the sense that they did it again. They subverted our expectations of what we could come to expect in the beginning of this show. Because, of course, people that played the game are expecting what I was alluding to earlier. Um, you know, will we start with Sarah? Like, no, pause let's let's go back in 1960 let's have this nice cheery talk show or some shit and have these people just having a conversation 
I don't know if it was cheery. They were already talking about infectious. Diseases. I mean, but it was you know it was like one of those sixty sitcom shows where people have you know cigarettes and it's just, it's you know it's, it's like a talk show kind of like on some like Graham Norton type shit. But he just yeah. happens to be interviewing experts in the area of infectious disease or viruses or something like that. It wasn't as somber until John Hanna's character started talking. He's like, yeah, that's all cool. But the real shit, as you said, that could fuck us up is the fungus if the world were to get warmer. And that's alluding to something that is very real, which is global warming. And to know that this cordyceps virus is based on an actual fungi. So now you got people sitting in their chair like, oh, my God. Like, does does art imitate life or you know what's funny about that, too? The whole time I was thinking about that, I was like, that's basically, well, so like the the fungus mm-hmm. and how he was relating to that fungus that like takes over ants and stuff like mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. like has them go back to their colony and like infect everybody else. And then it like takes over their bodies, but doesn't kill the host. Um, just mainly the part about the fungus infecting them and then essentially using the host as a puppet yeah to like aid in multiplying and spreading itself it really just made me think of uh rabies that's basically what happens when animals or people uh get rabies like because it it directs them essentially to go out and like bite other animals to spread the disease i mean they end up dying though but yeah i mean you're so it does kill the host you got that i don't know much of anything about rabies um and that's real and the cordyceps is real too but i know a little bit more about that in the context of the world of this game and i thought i mean we we're still in the first scene y'all so (laughs) that's that's the way to start it that's the way to start it because you need to tell people we not fucking playing, you know, like we're here to disturb you. This is an intense, disturbing masterpiece of a of a game, of a of a show, of an IP. I mean, like I said, I get okay, I get that you love this game, but to call the show a masterpiece already, I I really loved the first episode. We'll get into all the stuff that we loved about the first episode, but I don't know. I think it's premature to already call the whole show a masterpiece. It's absolutely premature. It's absolutely premature. And mind y'all, there are no spores in the show, you know? So we're, I'm I'm, I'm projecting. You're absolutely right. Rain me in. Back it up. I'm just saying, I I love your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand it. Mm-hmm, it has mm-hmm. been a joy mm-hmm. to see how you know you have consumed mm. this show, this media, mm. and how it has nourished you. It has. I was I was um, I was baptized. I love in it. The, in the <laughs> I don't I forget what you said that time. Oh, the other day about Claymore. Yeah. No worries. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But no, you're right. It's not a masterpiece yet. But the first episode was a masterful showing. Yeah, I I don't disagree. 
the show's not a masterpiece. That episode was a masterpiece. There's only one little nitpick that I could really have about it, and we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, so after this scene, we then are transported to 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are now placed in the shoes of this little girl, Sarah, who is, you know, clearly running her house. Yeah. Uh, she's independent. She's smart. Uh, she gets her dad up for work. We meet her dad, Joel, who's celebrating his 39th birthday. 35th. 35th, excuse yeah. me. Um, that day. And she's cooking him breakfast and, and doing all this, you know, kid stuff and whatnot. We meet her Uncle Tommy who comes in. We find out that her dad is a contractor of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, they're lining up work. And she just goes on a regular day. She takes some money from the drawer, um, takes this watch that wasn't working for him, goes to school. But there, there's something off, right? Well, yeah, because you can tell that there's like something going on in the news. They're saying something's going on. I think, I don't know if they said Palestine or Israel, somewhere in the Middle East, where they're like people are acting crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see like police just driving by, like mm-hmm. multiple mm-hmm. cars. Um, and then it gets more intense with stuff like that as we get into the nighttime, like even more police cars a whole bunch of planes and helicopters flying overhead. Um, and I guess that would be in particular after school when she's actually getting back um, to her neighborhood. Yeah. Um, where she essentially got kicked out of the watch repair store um, because they knew something that she didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but speaking of Sarah, I thought it was interesting that they went with um, that they went with the actress that they went with Nico Parker. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Tandy Newton's daughter. Yeah, um, beautiful. I girl. wonder why. Because well, isn't Sarah in the game like blonde, blue eyed? Yeah, and Joel Joel is very white in the game. Um, so there was a bit of um, race bended casting, which I'm. I'm, I never have a problem with, mm-hmm. especially for an IP like this, where Joel's whiteness really didn't have anything to do with the game. Um, so hearing that Pedro Pascal was casted, I mean, of course, he can fit a lot of different I was archetypes. Say, he could be considered passing. Yeah, but it's clear that they wanted to do something different. The voice actor for Joel, uh, Troy Baker, who's actually in the show not in this episode but he's in the show yeah. he's a he's a blonde hair blue eyed white guy oh for real yeah um, i mean but i see and that's the thing with joel like i don't want to say that pedro looks like joel but joel in the game is dark haired yeah. so yeah so i mean i could i could i don't no no issues with the casting um and and thandy newton's daughter did excellently i thought as sarah but yeah, something's off in the world. Like we we see her at her neighbor's house. She goes to the neighbor's house after school, does her homework. Her neighbor's taking care of somebody and they're just like kind of like sitting there and the dog is like looking at it, you know, like something's off. Mm-hmm. So later that night, um, Sarah's uncle calls her dad and he got locked up in jail. Her dad goes to, bu- to, to bail him out and she falls asleep. 
she wakes up 2 a.m. There's a dog at the door from next door trying to get in the house, scratching, scratching. Long story short, little did we know that this was the last day of normalcy Mm -hmm. that this world will ever see. And it was the most it was the most regular fucking day. But it was the last day, not only of Sarah's life, but of so many people's lives. And I thought that the game did an amazing job of illustrating that, putting us in Sarah's shoes when this is an action, you know, suspense, survival horror game. And we're we're controlling this little girl and we're looking around her room. And of course, the adaptation couldn't do all of those things, but they did what they did do excellently in the sense that it disarmed us. And then once everything kind of starts getting popping, and Sarah finds that there is an infected at the, the neighbors next door are dead and the dog ran out and left. And then Joel and Tommy come back and pick her up and get her in that truck. And they 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 copy paste the viewpoints, the, the, the point of view from the game to Sarah when we're able to actually control the camera while she's in the back seat and the things that we're seeing and we're panning, we're seeing that the house is on fire. We're seeing the people that they're passing and, and all of this type of stuff. And it's, it's, it's perfect to me. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I don't disagree that they did a amazing job translating um, you know, what we experienced in the game mm-hmm. um, to this first episode. And then additionally, just to be more specific um, towards the uh, well, I guess the end of the first half of the episode. I don't even know if you would say the first half, but um, how they how they encapsulated or encaptured encaptured maybe a better word um the sense of urgency and like the anxiety and just like those heightened emotions that everybody in that truck was feeling kind of trying to get to safety or get out of dodge Mm -hmm. um especially because you know we can assume that they went through some crazy shit when joel went to go pick up tommy from you know from the police station from the jail Mm -hmm. um that's what i would think because you know sarah wakes up she's alone she's outside and then they basically like screech up in the truck like bitch get in here right now mm-hmm. joel already got like a huge wrench in his hand mm-hmm. which he expediently dispatched that old lady when she came running out the house like peeled that muffin cap back. back so i feel like it definitely does a good job of setting the pace for you and kind of even with the music and stuff like that helping to get your heart rate up as if you are literally along for mm-hmm. the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to go over the episode like beat by beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do see some things here that we were used to from the game. We do meet Tess, played by Anna Torv. Um, who I enjoy as an actress because she's been involved in video games before. Uh, she played the main character, Nariko, in a game called Heavenly Sword back in the uh, PlayStation 3 era. It's one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed it. 
But she's playing um, Tess, who is Joel's partner. Um, they live in Boston in the quarantine zone, and they smuggle shit. They're basically like procurers, you know what I mean? Like it's drugs, whatever. But there is a problem because Joel's brother Tommy has not been heard of in weeks mm-hmm. um, as to where Joel's used to hearing from him every day. So they're trying to procure a method of transportation to go out and find him. This is their main motivation. Now in the game, it was it was guns. They were smuggling guns. They were dealing guns. They were basically, um, you know, gun Arms sellers, dealers. armor. Yeah. So um, that's it's a, that's a fine change because it it'll it gives it gives Joel a more um, it's it's a more personal motivation. Um, Tess knows that Joel's brother is probably the most important person to him. There's obviously a care between them. She actually lays in the bed with him, which I don't really think we ever really got a view of their relationship and if it was like a romantic one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tess has played excellently. She really was able to capture. I mean, the thing about this episode is just how close they got the voices, like the voices, like Sarah's voice, like, you know, Joel's voice, Tommy, like they're. Yeah, I don't know how hard it is, but it sounds like they are the voice actors from the game. We get to meet Marlene, who is the leader of the Boston section of the Fireflies, which is basically like a, a freedom fighter organization. And she's actually played in the show by her voice actress from the game, yeah. which is dope. Uh, and of course, we get to meet Ellie and we see a little bit of her background how she just showed up at the uh the quarantine zone one day when she was younger and she got put into like the quarantine zone kids academy school or some shit um but we also find out that marlene has known her since she was young yeah um and she's the one who was responsible for putting her in the school and now come to find out ellie has been held by the fireflies against her will for some period of time and Marlene's plan is to get all the fireflies out of the quarantine zone and travel with Ellie to this place because for some reason Ellie's special. And we know what we know what the reason is. She's immune. But the way that they handled it, just excellent. I mean, Marlene, the fireflies, there was some deal going wrong. Uh Tess and Joel go through the train station, which was in the game, was our first kind of like real introduction to the spore system which everybody was bitching about um Mm. and i just don't see anybody bitching about spores now like it's it's so funny and i don't i'm trying to understand where all the spores people went like all the fans of the spores not being in the show you're so petty you know who's petty craig mazin and neil Druckmann, because there was a there was a shot of like atmosphere or like air or something like that and it looked like there was like what could be like spores swirling around but it was just like air and i was Mm -hmm. like y'all petty as fuck and i love it i love it it's what i needed god damn it fuck these people do what you need to do to adapt your ip to the television and maybe the idea that they have is better let people make their product 
And it was really annoying to me hearing people act like without spores, oh, they can't transmit the virus. It's zombies. It's zombies. The virus transmits itself through zombies. If you get bit, now you're sick. And there are other ways. There are ways that they came up with for the show that we haven't seen yet. I'm not going to spoil anything because I don't honestly know all the ins and outs. The show is taking liberty with the universe and allowing it to be built. What it looked like to me was, especially with that old lady and Mm -hmm. then the one that was like stuck to the wall. Mm -hmm. It looks like there's like something that's coming out of their mouths that grows out of their mouth. So when they bite you, that's creating a wound and whatever that is in their mouths that's a part of the fungus i'm i'm sure infects the wound it's, yeah, is what it, it looks like yeah because they look like they like pop out and can retract as well mm-hmm. they look like little tendrils or something like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. or i don't want to say tentacles but like yeah like tendrils i guess yeah. tendrils from, from the fungus or whatever so and and it's and it's like Y'all will find anything to complain about. It's 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 a zombie show. They're zombies. Why are, are they technically zombies? But I'm just saying, like the trope yeah. of zombies. Why are y'all complaining about how the 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 infection is spread if we know that in the show it's still a global pandemic? The shit found a way. That's not what's important. What's important are the characters and the story and the situations and the people that they meet and the decisions that they make and the bleak state of this world and surviving in it. The zombies aren't even the main antagonist of the games. So what are y'all what are y'all mad for? Mind y'all, it's still a great episode. I needed to say that. I needed to get it off my chest. I'm sorry. I, I felt that. I have no qualms about it. Last scene. uh, We'll move forward a little bit further. Tess and Joel have agreed to smuggle Ellie out of the quarantine zone to meet up with some fireflies. Um, There was a cop character that Joel was selling some product to earlier in the episode. And of course, this is the guy that finds them smuggling Ellie uh, puts her in a little test thing to see if she's infected. She knows she's infected. They don't know she's infected. She stabs the motherfucker. And before he has an opportunity to kill Ellie, Joel just goes Wolverine berserker rage mm-hmm. and beats his fucking face in. I mean, basically, he he has trauma from that because that's what happened with mm-hmm. him and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Like some dude in... A uniform, uniform and camo, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Friggin' shot us. Yeah. Killed and his I, daughter. And I say when um when we saw that, I was like, I'm surprised Joel wasn't out here just killing anybody that he sees in, in BDUs. You did like, say that. Sitting out here trading. I mean, I guess he's trading out of necessity or whatever. But yeah, when he was beating his ass, I was like, that this was is ultimately predictable as fuck yeah this is years i mean this is years of trauma he's he's going through an insurmountable loss yeah um and if if we want to go back to that scene i mean tsd was crazy that scene was almost one-to-one recreation 
Um, and it was just as effective. And I feel like the only reason why I wasn't sitting there crying is because I played the first 20 minutes of The Last of Us at least six times. And it's like, I don't have any tears left <laughs> because Nico Parker did the damn thing. She was lovable. She was jovial. She was instantly magnetic the way Sarah was. You want you wanted this girl? Oh yeah. Well, let's let's see her survive. Nope. Nope. And she sat there and she died. Yeah, she and died in a pretty crazy dramatic way. I mean, not dramatic, but it. Um, we of course watched through to like the end credits and then. Uh, just like they do with like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. or House of the Dragon, they talk about the production of the episode and stuff yeah. like that, and the actors. I love that they do. Uh, that. And yeah, and they were saying like her death wasn't pretty. It was it was ugly. Mm-hmm. It was ugly. I don't. I mean, clearly not inconsequential, but it wasn't. It wasn't big or long or drawn out. Like it was ugly and it was desperate, and then it ended. Yeah. And Joel was just inconsolable. I mean, you could see it. He said, you know, the the video game was amazing in the way that they did it. And then watching it in live action, watching Tommy, her uncle, just like paralyzed with, you know, sadness and regret and just there's nothing he can do. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel Luna in that moment, I don't know if he's going to get the attention that he needs, but Tommy made that that scene even better. Like, you know, it was a great scene from Sarah, amazing scene from Joel. And then Tommy just it's 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 it you you feel it. And I mean, I think. The impression that I got and like from the acting Joel would have went the whole way if Tommy wasn't there and he was like, Joel. Yeah. Because he would have still been trying to save her and, oh, I got you and hold on to me and and, and stay with me and all sudden stuff. And he's like, didn't have to say anything else. Joel, she's gone. Mm-hmm. And broke broke his heart into pieces. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, what, do, you, what else can you do? Um, I think the time jump there is very effective. I think it's I we don't need to see the aftermath of this. Um he survived, Tommy survived. Twenty years later, we're in Boston. Uh so yeah, moving back to the end of the episode. We're jumping around. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, but moving back to the end of the episode, the one nitpick I have is that I just don't feel like the the finding out, Joel and Tess finding out that Ellie is infected, I don't think that that was given enough time. But I kind of also understand and I can accept why it was done in such a quick fashion because I feel like I feel like this is an idea that needs to grow in people's minds. Maybe needs to grow in Joel's mind. Maybe needs to grow in Tess's mind. Like, wait a minute you're immune you I know? think the way that they set it up was good because mm-hmm. I mean here we are we're on the other side of this fence outside of the quarantine zone or whatever and we got caught then we also just killed one of these guards and we're like oh Joel look at the little you know scanner or whatever she's infected 
and then she gotta quickly be like nah i'm immune like look how old this bite is and it's just like all right we could sit here and go through this and go back and forth or we could get the fuck because Mm -hmm. we're about to get shot the fuck up Mm -hmm. like even if it wasn't just a matter of oh we caught y'all outside the quarantine zone or whatever outside the wall um and you know like we saw earlier when we first transitioned into 2023 they was hanging people for being outside where they weren't supposed to be so that's punishment by death. exactly immediately we know if we get caught we probably gonna get hung right but that's all right we get caught today to be hung tomorrow they see that man here dead in the dirt they're killing you now yeah we gotta go yeah and 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 that's why that's why it's it's really just a nitpick because they did a good job of of explaining the stakes that they were in and both of tess and joel are experienced in getting in and out of that area so they know like yo all right we gotta move and also i think it's a great thing to do because now the expectation of episode two is what's the fallout of this Mm -hmm. it gives you a reason to come back next week i need to be there i need to see what happened like this this little girl is immune like how's how's joe gonna act you know how how, what's what's that gonna be yeah um but yeah, so overall, y'all know that I think that the episode is brilliant. Um, it was I really felt like the controller was in my hand at some <laughs> points uh, because that's how faithful of a, of a adaptation it is. Babe, let's talk about adaptations because there is there is hearsay about this being the best video game adaptation. And things are brought up like Arcane, which was mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh gosh what else um cd project red made a game called um cyberpunk 2077 there's an animated adapt- adaptation of that which people say is excellent i didn't really care for the game so i didn't really care for the adaptation um but those are animated yeah i feel like once you get into the area of live action and you yeah, put- the only other thing i can think of is like resident evil um What's that other one where it's got Pyramid Head? That's Pyramid horror? Head. Oh, Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, those are the only other two I can think of. Which I guess what is it? Horror, horror, mm-hmm. action games are the ones that get. Um, what's that one that just came out with uh Spider Man and Marky Mark? Oh, Uncharted. Yeah, Uncharted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Although that was a movie. It was a, a movie, show. right? Um, also, a Naughty Dog. Tomb Raider. Um, Tomb Raider. But yeah, so it's like when you talk about these adaptations, none of those live action adaptations are at this level. Oh, Tomb Raider was also a movie. But yeah, yeah. But none of them are at this level right now. That's true. Um, so when we talk about adaptations and we talk about. I would say that all of the animated adaptations that we probably named are far and away better than all of the live action adaptations that we named. What I will say is if we're talking about adaptations and them being um, good mm-hmm. or effective, uh, we're, we have a lot of comic books and graphic novels that have been doing their thing. Yeah. I mean, like look at fucking the boys yeah. and invincible and 
for the first couple of seasons, The Walking Dead. Um, and and as you were talking about like The Last of Us, the show almost being like exactly frame for frame like the game, mm-hmm. I was thinking of um, Sandman on Netflix um, because it's an ap- adaptation of a graphic novel and after after I binged that, because it was great, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of things on Twitter and stuff like that with people who are fans of the actual graphic novel graphic saying novel, yeah. how it was like like putting up side by side um, screenshots from the show next to panels from the graphic mm-hmm. novel. Mm-hmm. And it was just like matching up perfectly. So, yeah. Yeah. The only I mean, outside of those printed works. I don't feel like like because we both watch anime. We both mm-hmm. read manga. There are some amazing anime adaptations like Attack on Titan, I think is an amazing anime adaptation. I'm sure people will feel the same way about My Hero Academia. I, like they just translate these still photos or still art into motion flawlessly. Mm hmm. I feel like this is the level Demon that we're Slayer. getting for something that is moving yeah. to something else that is moving in a different dimension. And it's just like, how did y'all do this? There's, I mean, they, they talked before this show came out about this being the most faithful adaptation. And when you can do the same thing that you were talking about for graphic novels, like put a scene side by side and watch the characters move the same, yeah. like, I mean, come on. This is you know, this 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 is this is A one. This is this is S tier shit. For episode one. Will there be weak episodes of The Last of Us? Yes. You think so? I'm sure. I, I mean every every episode can't be the best episode. It could be, but then that just makes the episode before it no longer the best episode. <laughs> so okay. you know, there it's it's gonna happen, but Right now, for what we have, pound for pound, shot for shot, scene for scene, and then the way that they're expounding on the world with just the little bit of extra world building that we've already received, I'm so interested in seeing how this adaptation makes itself distinct. Yeah. Um, There were already questions on Twitter, like, if you had to play the game in order to understand. You don't. You don't. Now, if you played the game you would probably understand more or be able to compare. You know, to a certain extent, I would be, I'm a little bit more envious of people who haven't played the game. 100%. Because it is such a good story. Like, it's great to watch it play out Mm -hmm. in this show. But it's like, I mean, we all know where it's going. The people who have played the games or have watched those play Play the the game. game. (laughs) So, you know, it's great and I think it's fun for people who play the games too because you can just sit back and enjoy it and not have to make decisions or feel like you're in control. You can you can now be in the passenger seat as I was and mm. just enjoy the ride. Yeah, and it it really becomes less about the narrative and more about seeing the artistry and what they're able to achieve and how they do it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and then it switched from narrative to some of the smaller things like yes there's no spores i'm very interested to see how they explain you know what they chose to do instead of that i want to see how that lore is built built 
I want to see if we see little things from the game. I want to see if we see Isha's story. You know what I mean? Which were like these little these little things that you can find in the environment that track these survivors. And as you go along, you find more pieces that he left behind. I want to see if they're able to capture those things that endeared the game to us. Maybe maybe the um, the collecting cards that that Ellie would collect. Are we going to get the scene in the um, in in the uh, in the record store? You know, are we going to get the giraffes? Like, I want to see the subtleties of this story and how it is ad- adapted. Because if they're going to stick to the main story of the game, cool. But now, because I played the game so much, I want to see how they're able to capture everything else. And mm. I'm really impressed so far. It's. You know what I find interesting? I don't. Did they say why they weren't including the spores? Um, they did. There were a couple much? articles that I've read. I mean, and you know, when you're watching the show with these people who are famous, you want them to be seen. Um, and those type of scenes, the amount of time that you spend um, with the masks on and. I think that as much as this show costs, they didn't feel like spending more money on the VFX for spores and then trying to record in that. You don't know how it affects the equipment. It's probably just a a production issue that they just didn't feel like solving. And possibly Neil Druckmann, who wrote The Last of Us with um, Bruce Straley at the time, um, said, you know what? Since then, I thought of a better way. Hmm. I guess so. It made me think. Um, it made me think of. I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Girl with All the Gifts. No. And it's basically. I mean, it's basically the same thing. What they're saying is like this: these plants, like basically, shot up and created these big towers of plants out of nowhere and released these spores, hmm. and it like was turning people into zombies basically it was attacking people and there's a girl who is immune um now really what it is i think there's actually children who are immune it's like kids who were in utero when like i guess the spores got set off and Mm -hmm. when they were born they were born with immunity to it mm-hmm. so at the end basically what happens is like the spores go off again and like all the adults that are remaining in the world get infected mm-hmm. um but then there's like a whole tribe of kids like the kids that weren't rounded up to go into a program that they were doing um they're just out on the street feral um they end up basically quote-unquote inheriting the earth mm-hmm. um and the girl with all the gifts she is in this i guess military program where they're like teaching them things and all that kind of stuff but they all have to be like strapped in because i guess they're scared that they might actually start to turn uh but essentially they have this lottery and she wants to win the lottery for 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 some reason because they're making it seem like when they choose these kids they get to go off and have some great life but really what the lottery is we're choosing a kid to dissect and see what's going on inside their body but most of their brain Mm -hmm. so we can cure whatever's going on so um 
it's very much so in the same vein. Uh, the movie came out in 2016. When did The Last of Us, the game, come out? 2013. 2013. So I'm sure heavily influenced. Well, I think it's, it it's might have been based, based on, on a book, novel. right? Yeah, The Girl with All the Gifts. And that came out. It was published in 2014. So, but I mean, however long it takes someone to research their novel and put mm-hmm. the story together. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. This isn't a novel concept. Right. But the execution. Sometimes things come out. Yeah. I would say definitely the execution of The Last of Us, of course, is far better than the execution of The Girl with All the Gifts, the movie. I've okay. never read the book, but okay. it's very similar. Which is scary because it's like all these people talking about this. It's like, you know, art sometimes informs reality. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, a lot of the technological leaps and stuff like that we've made have come from stuff that people have seen in science fiction books the spy and, camera? and movies yeah. and the, shows. They made that up in Batman comic books. They would have like a. They would make whatever Batman needed to solve the crime and spy cameras. Somebody was like, we could probably do that. We just make them smaller. and yada. That's where that came from. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's really dope, though. I, I wouldn't mind watching that movie, actually. But I think it's I, on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure that's where I watched it. Okay. Well, maybe we can do that. Um, but yeah, spores, if something's airborne, then air is everywhere. So it may not be as feasible in the real world to say, oh, well, yeah, this spore didn't get out of this area. Like, it probably would have. Um, so, I mean, maybe they found a better way to do it. We'll see. Episode two, we will discuss, y'all, on our sister podcast, Blurred Watchers, hosted on the Pop Break TV. Um, and we'll be doing a summary of the two episodes that we have at that time, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So we'll have those um, most likely next week. Week after, we'll be right back here for Blurred Watchers. And we'll do each episode um, as we can on Blurred, on Blurred Life with My Wife. And then we'll do the, our monthly show, Blurred Watchers, will be that. So hopefully you guys can uh, begin to get down with both podcast um so we don't want you to miss any any content yeah um i think we'll have a lot of good stuff for um blurred watchers because we'll be watching the last of us we'll be watching um alice in borderland we'll be watching vikings um vikings valhalla we already watched um blood origin the witcher blood origin oh yeah that's right that That has been out for a while though but i'm glad we watched it because it's it was it's, very good. I thought it was still fairly new. I mean, I think like November, December. I think. Okay. I don't know. Okay, well, we watched it, so we'll I don't know. Again, it. January has been like three, three years. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? It may have came out in the beginning of January, and to me, that feels like half a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's a short plug. Babe, did you want to get into any of the movies that we've seen recently? We're just at uh, 50 minutes. I think that 
The Last of Us, the show, deserves mm. its own show. Yes. And perhaps since January is so freaking long, we may come out with another show dedicated to the movies that we watched. Awesome. Okay. Um, y'all, y'all can find me um, on Twitter, Twitch, um, Instagram, all the places. If I'm on there, just search. Oh, TikTok too. Just search uh, at the Okami Council, T-H-E-O-K-A-M-I-C-O-U-N-C-I-L, and you will find me. Babe, where can you find your beautifulness? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Neo Queen Celine. So that's N-E-O-Q-U-E-E-N-C-E-L-I-N-E. Um, at all three of those, um, I've been a lot more active in my pursuits of social media, yeah. um, particularly TikTok and Twitter. I'm doing my best to get more active on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I, I've decided in this year, this will be my 35th year. Mm. I want to document more things, have more fun, trying to romanticize my life. So if you want to follow that, then yeah, you can follow me there. Again, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Neo Queen Celine. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all, um, if you've seen episode one of The Last of Us, what did we forget? What did we what did we not point out? Um, there's so many things like I really need to mm-hmm. watch it again. And I'm and I'm sure I will. But um let us know let us know how you feel about it you know was the tone good you know should should would be should we be upset about spores uh you know go ahead and let us know drop it down below or wherever you're seeing this on your favorite podcast service i'm going to edit this up and upload it tonight so it should be clear to go in the morning for all the good folks who listen and um yeah there's nothing to fast forward to we were talking about the last of us the whole time and i loved it Yay! Well, with that, we will leave you until next time. Bye!